0: Everybody, welcome back to the Philosopher's Stone podcast, episode four, season two. Sam Laboon, how you doing? I'm doing good. The incense is lit.
1: I am lit. Not well. I'm not really that lit, but the incense is lit. So let's hope the smoke detector doesn't go off.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's a we have a candle that we a scented a scented candle that we like to burn. But when I blow it out, I don't know what's with this candle, but it just smokes up the entire room. I feel (laughs) like I'm going to set off the fire alarm every time I blow it out. But it doesn't. Um, We bought one of those. I saw I made an impulse buy on Facebook Marketplace. It's like this. (laughs) It's like a it's a moon. It looks like a moon, like a little like um, maybe slightly smaller than a volleyball. And it's like it's cordless. And it looks like the moon that's lit from the inside, but you can change it to all sorts of colors. It's kind of cool. It's kind of Uh, neat. It's kind of nifty. Is this like a hollow moon thing? Yeah, it's uh, actually (laughs) sold by a group that uh, spearheads that conspiracy theory. Nice. There, there
1: is a movie coming out about the hollow moon.
0: It's a, I uh, I feel like there's already been a movie about that. Hasn't there? No, this one. Well,
1: I don't know. Maybe, maybe there has been, but this is this movie is called Moonfall. And okay. it's directed by Roland Emmerich, who you may know. What from, else has he done? Oh, just, you know, all the hits. Uh, 2012, Um, any movie with a disaster in it, he's done it. Day After Tomorrow, I think, was him.
0: Don't tell me the de- guy who did 2012 also did Day After Tomorrow. It's practically the same movie. It's John that, Cusack. Both
1: <laughs> That is Roland Emmerich. Let me pull up his IMDb. Really? Let me pull up this guy's IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> okay day after tomorrow the day after <laughs> okay here we go Roland Emmerich known for Independence Day Godzilla the day after tomorrow Independence Day of Resurrection um, 10,000 BC Stargate Noah's Ark uh,
0: I like that version of Noah was that the one with Russell Crowe which one that Noah's Ark movie he directed oh. was that the Russell Crowe one? No, no Russell no, Crowe's no, Noah. That was Darren Aronofsky. Oh, that was okay. Darren Aronofsky. Uh, okay, I like that one because they like explained the story of Noah like through the lens of evolution, which was hilarious to me.
1: Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should. There was probably a bunch
0: that. of, a bunch of like. You know, conservative Christians all probably went there with their youth groups and shit. To, they knew that oh it was a Bible story on a mainstream screen, and they're all going to go support it. And it pretty much was a huge, two-hour-long, uh, just blasphemous film. Oh man, I got to check. Pretty good out. though. Uh, what you know? What that list you just read off of was for me was it was those are a couple of bangers in no, there. No. The guy knows what he's doing. Oh
1: yeah, like if you go back farther down, like I didn't realize this, but. He also directed uh, *The Patriot*. S- oh, *Stargate*. Yeah. He's making another *Stargate* movie. Actually, there's a *Stargate*. There's a big budget *Stargate* movie in production.
0: Was it? I thought *Stargate* was a show. Was that a TV? It was show? a show. Yeah, I
1: think he was actually involved with the
0: TV oh. show as well.
1: Roland Emmerich. Wonder how much his total pocket. I tell you what. Worth. I want
0: to check out. Is that uh, cowboy Bebop that Netflix just just released, the live action one? Looks pretty neat. Pretty neat. Okay, interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I never watched the show um, cowboy
0: Bebop, but it's very famous. I never watched it either, but I've heard very good things. Now I feel I always feel obligated. Like I should watch the original source material first, but I'm not gonna. Oh
1: I'm not gonna. Okay, here, here. can I can um, I tell you how how much roland emmerich's movies have grossed total
0: yes I'm, it's gonna be yeah, a lot okay,
1: so the, the crazy thing is he's number 16 and his his movies have made three billion nine hundred fifty-six million dollars total holy shit who's, who's the top i don't know how to find that
0: info here's a movie idea and i'm just gonna i'm just spitballing <laughs> here um Here it is. Okay. It takes place on the moon, right? There's, There's the moon and on the moon, we don't know this because it's on the far side of the moon. And, um, but on the moon is where all werewolves actually live, right? What? So all the werewolves live there, but they are always in their werewolf form. They don't understand that because they're on the moon all the time, they're always in their werewolf form. So they have no idea that they can be anything else until one day they run out of whatever their source of food is on the moon, (laughs) right? So they all come together and they meet in the tribe and the head chief werewolf says, we must form a howl cannon and send one of our own to the, to the planet that we, we gaze upon. And so they all come together and they howl cannon, a howl cannon is, it's a cannon produced made entirely of werewolves by the sound waves <laughs> of thousands and thousands of werewolves howling at the same yeah. time and they send a young werewolf down to earth boom and when he lands he's horrified to realize all of his fur has fallen off and he's shrunken into this small creature known as a human being and he must now integrate himself in their culture and make way for the invasion of the werewolves. What do you think about that, Sam?
1: I like, I like the big picture idea. I love the big picture idea. I mm-hmm. think a couple minor plot holes, maybe. What are you
0: talking about? I haven't fucking written the script yet. <laughs> <I'm> thinking... <laughs> what, what plot holes can there be? I haven't fucking fleshed it well, out yet.
1: Number one, biggest one for me off the off the bat is there's no air <laughs> on the moon to breathe, so I'm not sure how they survive without oxygen.
0: <laughs> they all they all have fish bowls okay. on their head okay okay good
1: okay that that one's that plot hole totally solved okay next one
0: <laughs> look man as soon as you involve like the magic of what a werewolf is you can add whatever details like they don't need that's air true.
1: okay that's true we shouldn't get bogged
0: down in this. what the bigger plot hole is is how can you develop a sound wave in the vacuum oh. space okay so the whole concept of the howl can and might need to be reworked. Wow. Maybe it's not sand waves. Okay. Maybe it's some sort of channel. They're channeling moonlight. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Oh, God. Well, okay. Is a maybe the gravity movie, is okay? So We're never going to get
1: throw them off the moon
0: at, <laughs> at the Earth, <laughs> in the general direction. They all link arms and spin around real exactly. fast. Yeah. <laughs> like a... launch okay.
1: Well, that's true because they did recently launch a rocket with a centrifuge. They really? A ro- yeah. Um, That's how they launched it, or it had a centrifuge There's like this big upright wheel or something in the desert, and they put the rocket on an arm in the wheel or something, and it spins around really, really fast, and then it launches it out of a, like, just whips it like a, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be in that rocket. So,
0: like, I'm thinking you get Mario of the Mario Brothers on the moon, and you know his classic when he grabs Bowser by the tail and spins him around and throws him? It's essentially that's what we're going to do with werewolves um, to get the main character to Earth. Now, here's the thing. Here's the twist. And here's something that a lot of people might have. You know, this is the controversy that's going to help sell tickets is that this werewolf falls in love with a human woman. And oh. there's a lot of bit, debate about whether that is bestiality or not. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. And I don't know, maybe I don't think this plot has ever like been played out in a movie before, but like s- get this. So the werewolf comes, he comes to infiltrate the humans. He ends up respecting right. them. He ends up re- revering the ways that they, whatever humans aren't very respectable. So we're going to have to try and like find some things, but the werewolf falls in love with, with a human. And wow. and, and, and then when his werewolf brothers invade, he is now on the side of the Whoa. humans, and he's wearing Reebok and shit. Right? <laughs> he's wearing all their clothes. All right. And the and the and the his father, who's the chief of the werewolf clan on the moon, is very disappointed, and they come to blows. And uh, at the end of the day, the son chooses to remain in his human form, and he gets a couple Desert <laughs> Eagles, and he fucking just. <laughs> every one of the werewolves in the stupid with, head with
1: silver bullets though
0: got to have silver bullets for werewolves no
1: <laughs> i thought you had to shoot a werewolf with a silver bullet i thought that was the deal not in my world okay.
0: dude this is my this is any my old bullet dude <laughs> yeah you have to you have to have, you have to carve a uh an image of a uh, a small a small cat's face oh on each God. bullet or else it won't work That's
1: so much work <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, and that's what makes it just really kind of a complicated war. Uh, at the end of the day, is everybody? You have factories and factories of people, probably in Asia, <laughs> inscribing uh, uh, little kitty cats on bullets um, before it's too late. I, Anyways, I, I like um, this movie.
1: I'm I'm down. Um, I like it. Yeah, what
0: do I call it? Uh, Moon Wolf or something? I don't know. Moon, Moon, Moon? Wolf. I was thinking calling it Fuzzy Boys Go Home. So that's Um, what he says to the werewolves? That's more of like, Fuzzy Boys Go Home. (laughs) That's going to become the the war cry (laughs) of the human factions (laughs) Fuzzy
1: Boys Go Home.
0: (laughs) Fuzzy Boys Go Home, right? Uh, I don't know how the whole werewolf clan ends up on Earth. They're going to have to throw each other. there's really one werewolf that's left on the moon that couldn't be thrown because he threw the last, the second last yeah. werewolf. And, uh, that guy here, here's, here's movie oh, two, man. right? Damn. There's more that werewolf there. gets really fucking. Yeah. This is, <laughs> I'm kind of in the zone right now. <laughs> that werewolf that's left behind. He doesn't know what's going on. Right. He can't see that far. They don't have any telescopes. Right. Um, right he's just sitting around getting frustrated because they're taking weeks right they're taking weeks and uh, what he does is he uh he he somehow manages to uh, um, jump from the moon to the international space oh. station uh, where he um, is still a werewolf but he uh, ends up revering and respecting the astronauts on the uh, uh, ISS and he becomes an honorary uh, astronaut on there. Hmm. And uh, he starts making, he starts uploading YouTube videos of him, like, um, you know, uh, kind of like eating juice that's floating in the air and he slurps it up. And, uh, and he, he, he's, he also will start, he'll bring his guitar and he'll, he'll sing, he'll, He'll be writing music in the space station, and his name will be Captain Chris Hatfield.
1: Not oh, okay, Captain Chris Hatfield, right? Mm-hmm.
0: He he killed he how, And he'll just be doing funny <laughs> videos of like zero G stuff. That'll be the whole second movie. Oh, okay,
1: oh, this is the same wolf from the first movie. <laughs> this is the oh, this is the wolf that got no, no, left no behind. this is the wolf the that got left behind of the movie. Yeah. Besides the one who's on Earth, so yeah. there's two werewolves left in the solar system.
0: No, no, no. This is this werewolf goes to that to the ISS while the rest of his clan is at right. war on earth with okay. humans. I see. Right? This guy still he only hears about the war from the other astronauts and quite frankly, he couldn't be bothered with it cuz he just realized how much he loves playing guitar. Right. Um,
1: okay, interesting. How do you play guitar with
0: like Yeah. I guess
1: maybe the nails would actually help, like the dog nails.
0: It actually is a huge he actually becomes one of the one of the greatest classical guitarists on the moon. Oh, so okay. so I have a um, question. that's probably the third movie. His third movie will be him dealing with the uh, his newfound fame that he acquired later in life and uh, how that affects his family.
1: Wait so they're there wait, I thought he was the only last one.
0: Uh, he, uh, he brings the ISS crew to the moon with him and they procreate, which is also oh. a huge controversy because that is for sure bestiality in that one. And the third one, there will be full on, um, scenes cool. of, uh, bestiality full on zero G, um, or low G at, okay. at least. So, um,
1: everything makes sense. I just have one question. What is is the real astronaut Chris Hatfield involved in the movie or in any way? Or do they both exist in this universe? Like there's a werewolf named Chris Hatfield and then also a human I... named Chris Hatfield. That seems like a big coincidence. I don't
0: know I... how people are going to buy that. I just, I have never heard of this. Uh, the There's a real Chris Hatfield. That's news to me. He's
1: a famous Canadian astronaut. Um, he's, he's famous. He's like I... a world-renowned uh, educator
0: i can't say i've ever heard of him that's that is quite the coincidence i'm not gonna lie um he plays guitar he doesn't play guitar does he He did also
1: play uh he played david bowie's space odyssey in space which was pretty cool oh for fuck's sakes (laughs)
0: okay whatever scrap the whole trilogy that's bullshit that was kind of the crux of the whole Uh, plot i don't think this is this is i don't think you have to throw away everything it's the problem man it's really like everything's been done before everything's been fucking done before and it's really frustrating as a creative type like myself to try and come up with a original idea it's just i was born too late in the history of humanity whatever what are we talking about today sam this is that this took the wind right out of my fucking (laughs) sails chris hadfield exists already
1: Man, I, I was like, I I, I thought, I, th- I think, I think, uh, I think you shouldn't throw it away just yet. But anyway, um, yeah, so what are we talking about today? Well, I mean, we could keep talking about these werewolves on the moon and like how they've survived their civilization. But, uh... Ugh, it's, a <laughs> idea, it's a dumb idea,
0: man. Dumb idea. It felt, it, it was good. And then it just like, it only makes sense with that third movie where he, um, is a famous guitar player, but it doesn't, the whole thing doesn't fucking make sense without that. So whatever.
1: Well, I don't know. I, I would, uh, I would give it another go, but, um. but anyway, let's, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's talk about something else. Maybe it'll.
0: Yeah. I'm just yeah, getting frustrated okay. now. Uh, I, 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 I appreciate your feedback. Maybe I'll, I'll run it. I'll run over it again. Yeah, run over I'll run it again. over it again and see what I run can over it a few more times with, yeah, until okay. it's
1: really, really dead. Yeah. Yeah yeah um all right so today we're going to be talking about uh a pretty famous thing that probably many people have heard of and that is called the turing test
0: ah now can i can i take a stab at what that is stab
1: away my friend stab away
0: turing named after uh alan turing um is something to do with a computer program AI being able to uh, recognize itself as a conscious entity,
1: right? Something like that. Um, you're right about the computer part. Or you're is right it more computer part? There's computers involved. The rest was not right. Okay, so that
0: means I'm pretty fucking wrong. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so the Turing test, uh, you were you were right. Alan Turing, that's the guy's name, played by Benedict Cumberbatch in the Cumberbatch, sorry, Cumberbatch. in the uh, film The Imitation Game. So the the Turing right. test is like another word for The Imitation Game. So Alan Alan Turing proposed the Turing test in 1950. As a means to answer the question of whether a computer can think.
0: How was I wrong? Was that not what I just said? Computer
1: recognizes itself as a conscious entity.
0: Yeah, thinking. Oh,
1: okay. So you think consciousness is necessary for thinking? Interesting. Okay. Well, we'll we'll we'll
0: we'll get to that. that. I did until you said it like that. Now I'm thinking, is that the dumbest shit ever? Right, I don't we'll get know. To that.
1: Um, <laughs> so Turing, uh, Turing thought that like if you just ask, "Can a computer think?" that's kind of a hard question to answer. So he wanted to refine it. He wanted to make like some sort of actual sort of experiment that you could do that might answer that question. So he proposed this: How about instead of saying, "Can a computer think?" we say, "Can a computer?" Fool a person into thinking that the computer is a person.
0: Uh, I think, yeah, that's the real Turing test, test: is can it fool a person into believing yeah. it's a person? I got.
1: You. Yeah, so he the game has is has some very specific rules. So it's called the imitation game, and to play it, you need three you need two people and one machine. So you have the interrogator, the person, and the machine. So the interrogator has to sit in a room separate from the other two, and they can't see them. The person and the machine are labeled X and Y, but the interrogator does not know who X is or who Y is. He doesn't know which one is the person, which, which one is the machine. It's basically
0: what... Are they aware that one of them is oh, yes, a machine, definitely. though?
1: Yeah. Um, so the interrogator oh, yeah. asks them questions, and he types them out, like, for example, X can you tell me, have you ever played chess before? Or something like that. Or X, are you a computer? Or X, are you a person? You can you can ask any question. The machine's right. goal is obviously to trick the interrogator into thinking that the other person is the machine, then the computer is a person. And the the per- other person's goal is to actually help the interrogator identify the machine. So. So how how does
0: okay so why so the uh, if the human why doesn't the human how could the human fail at that like well all you can do is answer questions is it just like oh it can only answer questions questions. it can't just be like yo I'm the human (laughs) okay both just yelling at you (laughs) um see the thing is I would think that the easiest way to uh show the interrogator that you're a human and the computer is not, is to use a bunch of slang,
1: <laughs> right?
0: Because um, a is probably not gonna be a what up player. Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: yeah, I, I don't know like the different strategies that have, have been done, but, um, but we'll, I'll, there's a little bit more to the game to like what it takes to win for the machine. So I'll just, I'll get into a bit more of okay. that. Um, so for the machine to win, basically, and then this, the game, one game lasts five minutes. So as the interrogator, you only have five minutes to make, make your decision. Okay. And the machine wins if they play a bunch of these games. Like maybe they play like 100 games, the same, same players. And if the player loses 30% of the games, then the mach- Turing says that's enough. The machine passes the test.
0: You know who doesn't pass that test is all these uh, women on my Facebook asking for friends requests from, like, Eurasia. (laughs) (laughs) And they ask, and they say, hi, I just found your Facebook profile and thought you might want to be friends. It's like, no one fucking does that on Facebook.
1: No. Some people do, but they're weird, and you don't want to be friends with them. (laughs) No. I mean hot women don't do that I, that's for sure. I, I accepted a friend request from a guy and literally all he posted about was like now like he was trying to get to like the max number of friends you can have on Facebook and so he would just have posts
0: <laughs> I had that guy too I, they're like and he's like Facebook only lets me add so many people I think yeah. I deleted them but I let him I, I kept him around for a while I was like I well, want people to see are commenting like, like you can do it man
1: like <laughs> yeah, really I <absolutely. laughs>
0: That's sucking hilarious. Yeah, I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, like 300 mutual friends with this guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, So it turns out that... So Turing predicted in 1950, he said, and this is a quote from Alan Turing, I believe that in about 50 years' time, it will be possible to program computers to make them play the imitation game so well that an average interrogator will not have more than 70% chance of making the right identification after five minutes. So, did his prediction come true? Well, in 50 years later it was definitely not true. No one was even close. But recently, um some like some small trials, right? So they they aren't running hundreds of games, but some small trials programs like Cleverbot, PC Therapist, yeah, and Eugene Goostman have managed to fool 33% of their judges. In Imitation games of five minutes. So there's definitely progress being made. Yeah.
0: Interesting. I wonder what the, um, correlation to age is <laughs> with that.
1: That's a good question. You know what that's I mean? Like,
0: are you filling everybody that's over the age of 80? Cause that's not a good, <laughs> uh, sample of the average person. Also, people are way more savvy to this type of thing than they were 50 mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Right. People are kind of more more skeptical. Like, like the interrogator knows they're playing the game, right?
1: You know you're playing the game, definitely.
0: Yeah, I wonder, is there somewhere you can go to play this game? Like, they should like set up a website and get a huge. Oh, I'm
1: sure you can Google. I'm sure you. I think Cleverbot is online. You can talk to Cleverbot online. I think. Um.
0: Yeah, but you don't have another guy who's a that's real person true. in that, you know. Yeah, so it would it
1: have to be like a multiplayer. Thing. just play the game, like a multiplayer game. Yeah, yeah, that would be very interesting, though. That'd be cool. I wonder if anyone's working on that. I should I'll research that for the next episode. Um, so, so that's like his prediction. Now let's look at. So I've so let's say, let's say if Turing's prediction maybe it's true and a computer can succeed in this is that grounds to say that computers can think or are intelligent? If a computer passes this test, does that mean that it can think? I'm asking you, and you Um, have to answer
0: now. No. Well, my answer is no, and also, fuck you. Don't put me in the hot seat without warning. Uh, No, I don't think so. First of all, if it's only five minutes, like... It's gonna start repeating its answers probably right after more than that. I would. Well, that, that's why you have to play. That eventually play so many games so that like,
1: if it did start repeating answers, then after like five games, you would just know exactly how to get it to repeat an answer, and you'd figure it out, and you would always get it right.
0: It, it I, the thing is, I feel like it'd be pretty easy to fool if you just ask it questions about. I don't know any sort of current event or pop you know popular culture question say like is this thing going to know about like you know Pete Davidson's bone and Kim Kardashian now does it does it know that type of I stuff think... and also <laughs> what a lot of people don't know that <laughs> Well it's the funniest thing yeah, I've seen <laughs> in a while but my point is is that is there a guidelines to what type of questions are allowed to be asked in this game I don't because think so I feel like if you say anything that a computer might not be in the, you know, like because culture, like people Mm -hmm. all generally are staying on the same page about current events (laughs) and will have some sort of knowledge of the, you know, of pop culture that I don't think a computer might have necessarily off the top of its freaking mainframe or whatever. I think
1: the computers um, so, are allowed to have know. internet I, access, so they can look okay. things up on the internet. But I like I don't know, like I don't know. they don't have I, the answers about. I, I guess
0: here's about that. Here's the other thing: is that you can you can kind of tell what someone's personality is like over text or via uh, computer, just texting, mm-hmm. right? You, and I don't know if computers like that are trying to. Uh, Fool interrogator are going to have a uh, distinct personality. Okay, I
1: just want to. Okay, before we get into the objections to the theory, I do want to point out that the computers have been successful at fooling people thirty-three percent of the time in several of these trials. So it is definitely possible for them to to win, and they have won.
0: Only with thirty-three percent. That's all that's that's necessary,
1: though, for the Turing test.
0: Okay, all right, but the question you asked me before was, "Does this mean that they're thinking?" Yeah.
1: Okay. So let's get into um, some objections to uh, to this. So this is assuming that a machine can pass the Turing test. These are still objections to say that uh-uh, even though it passed, it's still not thinking. And how about we we can even extend the parameters okay. to say that the machine to be thinking has to fool people like fifty percent or seventy five percent of the time. What if it was 100% of the time? Would that yeah, I would. way?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's... It, it would be way more <laughs> impressive. I would think that... Originally, I thought you meant it had to fool someone 70% of the time. No, no, no. Yeah, no. Which the, was way... Uh, you, you just know. have
1: to... If you can only get it right 70% of the time, then that means the computer has passed the Turing test. As far as Turing is concerned. Right.
0: But think of how weird an Android would be. Like People would immediately be sus of something... You know, if seventy percent of people think you're a robot, <laughs> you're not really fooling most people. Well, the, like, the point
1: isn't that like you are. I don't the know. point isn't that it can like go about the world and pass itself off as a human. The point is that in order to fool a human, thirty percent of the time into thinking that you are a human, you have to be able to think in conver- in conversation okay. in conversation right. with a human to trick them into thinking that you are a human. You have to be able to to think or to have some intelligence. For example, okay. A chimpanzee, well, I guess right? the def-
0: the problem here is the definition the definition of the word think. Yeah, exactly. So right? that's,
1: like, well, let, let's I, get into that. Let's get into that. We'll, we'll explore it through okay. some of
0: his objections. So, all right. Is this Alan Turing's objections to his own he thing?
1: Like, he made he like anticipated objections and then replied to them. It's like a standard thing to do in in a paper is You like anticipate what people are going to say against you and then show that you thought of that already.
0: I haven't written a paper (laughs) in... Long
1: time. All right. So the first one is a pretty standard objection. And that would be the God objection. And the objection is that um, in order to think, you have to have a soul. Machines do not have souls. And therefore, machines cannot think. So... (laughs) A few problems, obviously. Um, It assumes theism, it assumes substance dualism, but then the third interesting thing, and this was Turing's reply, and Turing's reply was, okay, what if, okay, assume you're right, God exists, and assume you're right that a soul is necessary for thinking. Well, God was able to join an immaterial soul to our material bodies, so why can't God unite a soul with a machine?
0: I mean, he's got a good point there. I mean, what what about the human body is uh, essential for a soul to uh, attach on to? Mm-hmm. What is yeah, it?
1: Yeah, the, the soul is what's doing the thinking, surely it, you could attach it to anything and make it think, right?
0: Yeah, you could simulate, like, what specifically about the biology of a human body is the hook for a soul to latch on to? Mm-hmm. The
1: pineal gland, I believe. But anyway.
0: <laughs> that's what they're going to say. I knew that's, I knew that's what Descartes, was going to be yeah. said. Yeah. Um, your third eye, man, it's freaking closed, dude. I could tell from way over here, man. Your vibes are so fucking low right now. Your vibrations are low and they're bringing everyone else's vibrations lower. And uh also your aura, it should be blue and guess what? It's freaking purple. It's it's yeah, purple. Which, and that's, that's not
1: good. Purple auras are, are not good.
0: So why don't you get your fucking chakras aligned before you come oh. at me, boy? <laughs> just a really aggressive enlightened person (laughs) (laughs) you're coming at me with your chakras all scrambled dude get the fuck back in line and get your aura pink again (laughs) that's what it's going to be like in like 20 more years 20 years the enlightened like people that are using all this uh you know, spiritualism mumbo jumbo to be like these enlightened, peaceful people. They're just gonna use the same terminologies as an offensive
1: <laughs> tool. Yeah, it's uh, it's on a downward trajectory. Or it's
0: still it's already happening. It's already happening.
1: All right, the number number two objection. Um, this is called the incompleteness theorem objection. So this one is uh this one is a little involves a little bit of uh, math and logic. But so computers are formal systems. So they have an internal language and they have this sort of algorithmic process by which they do things. And we don't need to get into the details because they're beyond us. But mathematical logic has shown that for any formal system, there are some true statements that the system cannot prove. Therefore, there will always be some questions that a machine will either get wrong or be unable to answer. People, on the other hand, are not limited by this constraint. There are no fundamentally unanswerable questions for the human intellect. Only beings that are not limited by such constraints can think. Therefore, machines cannot think. Does that make any sense or is that... Hesitating? All right.
0: So, I guess, like, here I'm going to try and, like, re uh, restate re, re, what you said to me okay. uh, in what I would... Yeah, I'm going to put this into blue-collar terms for you. Uh, <laughs> um, it's just like the capacity for abstract thinking is what makes you. Uh, what 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 is uh, the difference between like a computer and a human?
1: Yeah, it could be something like that. Yeah. Um, basically, like these questions, right? So, like these unanswerable questions. To know how to ask one of these questions, you have to have a deep working knowledge of the formal system and everything about it. So it's like, the question would be like, it would be like a math question basically. It wouldn't be like a, can you have an unstoppable force meet an immovable object? Like it wouldn't be like that. It would be, it would be a very detailed, very precise logic, mathematical logic question that the system wouldn't be able to answer because for some for some reason about math, that I don't know.
0: Wouldn't that just mean that there's a flaw in the question? Um, like if you're, if you're thinking about no like, no, the, the questions have, it's like the questions putting in have
1: a, true answers, but because of the way the system is formulated, the system can't prove that the answer is true. It's like a super okay. math thing. It's a very, very math thing.
0: Super, super math. math. Yeah. Okay, well uh, yeah. All right. Well, I guess I was wrong, but I think I understand
1: it, it, what yeah, you're the Details uh, aren't important.
0: But like so humans can answer these things or prove them, but computers can't. A human can't. Would know, right? The, like, one of these I, hyper, hyper, super saiyan yeah, math like a human problems. would look
1: at the problem and be like, "I know that the, the answer to this, the, I know the answer to this question." But if you ask that particular question to the machine, the machine isn't going to be able to prove that its answer is true because of the formal structure of its system. It just can't can't do it. Again, I don't really understand the details, but the idea is that every formal system is sort of incomplete in the sense that there are some questions that are true, but it can't prove that they are true.
0: And so... But a human would be able to, tr- to prove it's true? Uh, for
1: these particular questions, yes, the human would be able to do it. Yeah, so...
0: I guess I, my, my instinct is for an example of one of these questions, but I it already know I wouldn't it. even be able to yeah, begin no, to understand no. <laughs> like what, what the
1: question is at <laughs> no, all. It's, it's ridiculous. But but that's the the point is basically that any the idea is that hypothetically any formal system will have some true questions that it can't prove or answer. So uh, Turing's reply to this is that, hey, guess what? That is probably true. There will always be some questions that the machine cannot answer correctly. However... Those questions will have to be so extremely precise and complex and formulated by someone with a deep knowledge of that formal system. Second, well, who are we to say that there are no unanswerable questions for the human intellect? And third, even if there are questions that humans simply cannot answer, does that mean that we are not intelligent or cannot think?
0: I see. So he's saying that that is just not a uh, good uh, metric to to, uh, to to define intelligence by is the fact that they can't answer some of these questions. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. Is it, doesn't, it doesn't prove that they're not Yeah, thinking. exactly.
1: He's saying like, look, I'll grant you that. Um, but I'll grant you that there are some questions the machine can't answer. But if there are, but suppose there are questions that humans can't answer just because there's some questions that we can't answer. That shouldn't mean that we aren't intelligent.
0: Yeah, how are we to know there isn't some hyper-intelligent fourth dimension being looking at us and being like, there's no no real consciousness happening in there. There's no real thinking happening in there. Those are just like organisms (laughs) that are reacting purely on stimuli, reaction, like instinct. Um,
1: Okay, so the next objection, this is the one that... uh, Oh, Here's a question
0: for you, Sam. What level of animal do you think they start having what you would say conscious thoughts
1: conscious thoughts okay well consciousness is a whole another ball
0: game maybe not conscious Um, okay not conscious thoughts but thinking processing problems uh, and which at which level of organism does it switch from literally like just reacting pure reactionary to stimulus to actually thinking and planning right okay
1: so we're actually going to get to that at the very end um that's the final, ob- okay. it's like the final sort of objection, I guess, in a sense. So we will get to that at the end.
0: Oh. <laughs> God damn it. I'm so, goddamn it. I'm so intuitive, Sam. It really scares me sometimes.
1: You, yes, you, you have the sight, it is true. Um,
0: it is, it is I have effect. the sight. <laughs> Tell me Paul Atreides hopped
1: up on that spice, baby. <laughs> Alright, so uh, the next argument is actually the one that, or the next objection is the one that you had earlier on, which is the objection from consciousness so um here's sort of a quote from a guy named professor jefferson in 1949 so uh professor jefferson says not until a machine can write a sonnet or compose a concerto because of thoughts and emotions felt and not by the chance fall of symbols could we agree that machine equals brain that is not only write it but know that it had written it. No mechanism could feel pleasure at its success, grief when its valves fuse, be warmed by flattery. Blah 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 blah. You get it,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. It, again, fucking, they're getting paid by the word <laughs> back then, I guess.
1: Yeah, Professor Jefferson, verbose,
0: a little verbose. Yeah, let's uh, let's cut the fat on that <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> You're a professor. Class, let's, class uh... is over. <laughs> Yeah. You're not Bono. Okay. Let's
1: just. <laughs> All right. So what, what do you think about that? How do you, do you agree with professor Jefferson that unless something is conscious, you can't really say that it's thinking?
0: Um, I mean, I guess that kind of relates to uh, like, to me, again, what's the definition of thinking here is, is it, Because you can see, like, I'm thinking of, like, a hamster right now. I can see it, like, making choices while it's moving around, right? Like, my cats, I know they're thinking because I can see them, like, like, kind of looking at a situation, choosing what to do, and either not doing it or not doing it. And I don't know if they're really reflecting on their choices or if they're even aware they're making them, but there is some thinking going on. There's some calculations Mm -hmm. being made, right? And like a, a hamster will do the same thing. So I guess it's 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 the difference between conscious thought and just uh, like, I don't know how you would even, what it would be like to just be, you know, all the time throughout your day, you're thinking and not aware that you're making these calculations or choices, right? They're like subconscious. Right.
1: Okay, so you do you think that so your subconscious I guess... mental processes that you're not aware of are a kind of thinking? interesting yes okay interesting that's interesting so you don't think that is interesting, yeah, interesting good, is good. Um, <laughs> so what is the uh, so in that sense i guess you that would mean that consciousness is not at all necessary for, for thought
0: yeah so that's what i'm thinking about these like small animals right i know they're thinking they're thinking about what to do next but they aren't a like they aren't They can't think beyond the now, you know, the, they're not planning for the future. They're not reflecting on the past. They're not, they're not consciously like taking, uh, taking inventory of their life. Right. It's, it's a thinking on a very immediate level.
1: Right. Okay. Um, and so when you say that, you know, that they're, they're thinking, uh, what do they do? What is, what is their behavior?
0: that you think is evidence of, of thinking. Um, well, if I just, I'll just do what I, cause these are the, I have two cats. So I, they're the, I have the most data <laughs> collected on their <laughs> behavior and I can see one looking at the other's tail moving around while it's sleeping and I can see the one approach the tail like i'm gonna fucking grab this tail and wake him up or not yeah and sometimes they they'll do it what i can tell they're planning on doing and then sometimes they decide to not Mm -hmm. do it right um so i think they are benefit and like here's another thing is i can i can see my cats trying to judge a distance of Ah. jumping where there's like they're trying to decide if they can make right. the gap, right? And you'll see them, like, sometimes you'll see them, like, legit, like, crouch down as if they're about to and then think better of it and, like, be like, I don't think I can make that gap and then not make right. the jump. Sometimes you think, you see them think they can do it and they don't do it and they bail. And it's fucking hilarious <laughs> every time.
1: Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Man. Uh,
0: but there is, there, so there is something going on there. Otherwise, they wouldn't even hesitate, right? I think hesitation is a sign of thinking.
1: Interesting. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah, like considering options, trying to solve a problem, trying to predict yeah.
0: what's going to work. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Very interesting. Whereas I feel like something more that's more on the uh, like on the level of, say, an insect, when you see an insect moving around, it's all very like... It's almost like a like a Roomba, right? Mm. It's not deciding anything. It hits a wall or a, or a obstacle and it changes course without any sort of deliberation. It seems like.
1: Yeah, that's actually. Um, uh, I'm actually very. I'm interested in insect intelligence, and that is one thing where, like, some insects, you're like. yeah, the one hand, you want to say it's 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 not intelligent, but on the other hand, it's like it seems act like it actually is pretty intelligent
0: um I think that those are like insects like I think of like I remember having I was I was I had eaten a healthy dose of the magic mushrooms and I was looking at this leech and this lake just moving around and I was talking to someone about whether they're purely biological essentially programs that are reacting to a predetermined all of their reactions and movements are um, uh, instant uh, just responses to external stimuli. And there is no brain needed, right? I don't think a leech has a brain. Uh, no? It's literally like a little biological robot. Okay, well, do you need a brain? That you need has a, a brain, set. I think. Uh, yeah. Computers don't have yeah. brains. I'm confident in saying... Brains. So this there you solved. go, <laughs>
1: silly Turing. I, that's what I'm friends. saying. Is <laughs> I don't
0: think that uh, I don't think computers have legitimate uh, moments of hesitation and deliberation. Okay, so this is uh,
1: this is similar to um, an objection called Lady Lovelace's objection, and she was a early computer programmer back in the day. And so her objection was that machines can only do what we order them to do. Thinking requires originality and spontaneity. Humans can make original statements in almost every conversation. But computers only do what we tell them to do. So therefore, they can't be said to be thinking. So Turing's reply to that. Okay.
0: Like, has a computer, do computers ever make like do they ever have major blunders like that's another sign of like a lapse of in in the thought process is when humans make like ridiculous mistakes that are like no computer would ever well, I mean, make that mistake any, right i think anyone I don't who's know.
1: like for example like played a computer in chess or played against a computer in a video game knows that like you can you can outsmart the computer you can beat it and the computer will fall into your trap. oh yeah that, i guess that's true um,
0: but there must have been some sort of like predetermined uh, set of logic constraints that made it make that okay, well, dumb let's, choice. Let's look into that, know. right? So
1: Turing's Turing's reply isn't very satisfying because he just said, well, look, the world, the universe is deterministic. So nobody ever does anything new. Everything is predetermined for everybody anyway. Um, but, you, but he could have made other replies. And the other replies he could have made would be that, um, look, if you're saying... Like, can a computer ever make an original statement and make a novel sentence and use it? Um, I think that that is exactly what happens with these these programs that are doing the Turing test. Um, they have to make up new sentences to answer questions. They don't have like a giant lookup tree of every possible sentence that they that they then pull out to answer the question. Mm-hmm. So they are making up new statements that they haven't made before. That are appropriate in the circumstances to answer a question
0: that somebody has asked them. So, can you stump these 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 programs? Like, is there ever a question you ask and then it's just like silent for a bit while it tries to pull something okay, well, out of its ass? Like, um,
1: two things. So, one thing you could to me that like would be
0: could, a dead giveaway that it's not a human is that there is no hesitation.
1: Well, I don't know about that. I think. Um, if you've watched like s- humans getting interviewed the they get stumped s- by questions all the time like who wants to be a millionaire stuff like that like
0: no that's what i'm saying is that's how i would know i'm oh. talking to a computer is if there was no hesitation or the same amount of hesitation well they could every easily time. build that into the program i, I guess you could you could program you could program in like a randomized amount of hesitation before each response i guess yeah. but
1: anyway the point uh, the point is that um, the objection isn't really that that good because it seems like computers can, like, do these like make novel sentences, um, and we don't really know enough about how our own brains work to know that we don't do something similar. But anyway, that's that objection. I don't think it's very very good because I don't really think humans are as original as uh, that objection seems to think.
0: Yeah, like I don't know how many novel sentences I I, I, I say in a day <laughs> yeah, really. even, you know. Um,
1: okay, so there's one, one objection, which is just kind of a silly one. And then there's one more interesting one that we can wrap up on. So uh, the silly objection is the objection from telepathy. And so Turing seemed to think that there was incontrovertible evidence for telepathy. So he had to address
0: this. Yeah, I don't know really? what's what going on, but maybe it's a what? joke. I don't know. There's a lot of that that happens here. It's like you get this guy who's a fucking genius, but now he, but he's also like into. He thinks he can do legitimate <laughs> alchemy yeah, or I some agree. shit. Like it's like you're a genius, you're a genius, then you have this like crazy thing at the end where it's like, oh, and also I think leprechauns <laughs> are real. Yeah.
1: So, so, the, so this objection is that if the interrogator was telepathic. They could sense the real person's thoughts, but they would not be able to sense the machine's processes.
0: So they'd always be able to win. Cool, Professor X. Nice uh, job. There's no like, oh, that's the dumbest objection ever. Replies
1: that to make sure that that doesn't happen, you have to play the imitation game in a telepathy-proof
0: room. So that's that one. (laughs) Oh, don't tell me he spent money on that. No, no, I don't think
1: he built. I don't think he built this. I don't think he built
0: this. Um, what what stops telepathy powers in his yeah, I opinion lead, lead? is it lead
1: yeah. um, so okay so the, the final objection and this isn't really an objection to the test right like so this is this objection is not that the test isn't a way to demonstrate intelligence this objection is that why the objection is why should a test in the ability to imitate a human being be considered a hallmark of intelligence. Surely we can imagine many entities that were intelligent but would be totally unable to imitate a human being in conversation.
0: I guess that goes back kind of to what I was talking about before. Like there might be entities out there that are so much more intelligent or just simply have a completely different type of intelligence that we wouldn't even be able to recognize intelligence in each other if we did encounter each other.
1: So this, so this brings us to the, to the organism, right? So this is a pretty famous case recently of, uh, an organism known as a slime mold. Have you ever heard of a slime, slime mold?
0: uh no not i guess if that's a specific thing all mold is kind of slimy yeah, so in my I think opinion it's,
1: i'm not sure if it, yeah i think it's a kind of mold or like an i think it's an amoeba it's a kind of amoeba um
0: okay is it orange
1: yeah it can be yellow um they can probably be a bunch of different colors but so basically what they are is they're a bunch of single cell single-celled creatures that like unite into this giant super creature and they don't have a brain, they don't have a nervous system. But in many studies, slime molds have appeared to demonstrate intelligent behavior. So for example, there, there are three studies. Uh, the first one was called the maze study. And so basically what they do is they put one they put an oat in one part of the maze at the entrance to the maze, and then they put another oat at the exit to the maze. And the slime mold, and there's like four different ways you can get through the maze, and they start the slime mold out on the mm-hmm. first oat, and every, and so basically the they would run this test over and over and over again, and not only was the slime mold always able to get through the maze and get to the uh, at the oat at the other end, it would almost always find the most efficient and quickest route through the maze.
0: Interesting. And... That is weird. How would a fucking slime mold have like a, how would it know like what turns <laughs> to make based on what smell? I don't get that at all. Yeah. Does it send us like some sort of like Sentinel up above and like get a bird's eye <laughs> view of this maze? And it, it sends like a drone, a little slime drone up. Uh... That doesn't make any sense to me. It must be something about the oat, like sm- something akin to smelling. Maybe it's like, because like, do you know if the maze had like an open top or was it like sealed in there so that like potentially the scent of the oat would be strongest through the shortest route?
1: That's interesting. Um, uh. I don't fucking know. That could, that might, that might be it. Like maybe they follow the strongest scent path and that is the shortest route. I don't know. That's, that's interesting.
0: What the fuck? How does a slime mold smell though? Well, I like, think
1: it like, it's probably not like smelling like we smell, but it could be like detecting particles coming off the oat. Um, okay. Weird.
0: <laughs> so you're saying that we're eventually we're going to have to fight a war against oh, yeah, this stuff. It's coming.
1: Um, so the, <laughs> Crazy. The, the second study is called the fan study. So in this study, basically, so molds, they don't like cold and dry. They like sort of damp and kind of warm. So basically with this study is they had this mold out, they put a mold out, and then every two hours they would um, blow like a cold fan on it, and the mold would retreat back into like its little dish or something. And so they did this every two hours, and then... I think like yeah. the fifth time or sixth time or whatever, they don't turn on the fan. They don't turn on the cold air. Even so, the the mold still retreated back into its Petri dish after the two hours, as if it was
0: anticipating something. Interesting. So it has some sort of Maybe. like... Uh <laughs> memory, yeah. So when we do fight these things, we're, we're, gonna have to fucking, we're all we're gonna have to go to the <laughs> Antarctic and, and duke it out with them there. They're probably gonna have control of the equator need in no to time.
1: Enlist the services of uh Dr. Freeze or whatever his name is. I to say Santa Claus. Much nicer
0: guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh
0: oh, we oh, do oh, have an email to study. get to today.
1: This is this is the coolest one. Okay, go. So in this case, they took a bunch of oats and they arranged them in like a they arranged them on, on a surface. Bunch of oats. They put yeah. the slime mold on the central oat. And over time the slime mold extended itself out and connected to all of the oats in like this network of slime mold. The interesting thing was is that this pattern of oats that they had set up. Each OAT was in sort of the same location as, like it, it was, imagine they put down a map of the Tokyo railway system. Each OAT was on a railway station. Yeah. And then they start the slime mold at the central Tokyo station, Tokyo main station. The, the slime mold's network, the way that it grew to each OAT was pretty much bang on exactly the same as the actual layout of the Tokyo metro system.
0: Whoa, that so okay. So, here's what we know right? They hate cold, they love oats, they are all (laughs) weeby. We they're They're weebs, they love Japanese culture. I think we have enough info to defeat this invasion. That is wild. That is wild. That That makes me very uncomfortable. (laughs) I don't like that.
1: It is kind of freaky. It
0: is kind of freaky. So, yeah, we hear that the in the UK they just gave like lobsters and crabs like this like, uh, fucking sentient beings, you know,
1: this yeah, stamp I, I, I of sentience. That, yeah. yeah. Good. Good for them.
0: High high time, high time. Wild. Okay. Huge blow to the seafood <laughs> industry there. Okay. We got a, uh, we have an email. It's a quick question. It says, could you briefly discuss what podcasts you Ooh, both listen yeah. to? And this is by, uh, this is from Josephine on a mountaintop. So thanks for email Josephine on a mountaintop. Um, that we both listen to. I don't know if she wants us to only <laughs> mention ones that we, we actually both listen to or just a couple of our favorites from each. Um,
1: uh, okay. I'll go first. Um, what do you, what do you listen to, Sam? So my, probably my favorite podcasts. I like, uh, there's a podcast called the film cast. It used to be called slash film cast. Now it's called film cast and they review movies every week and they've been doing it for years and years and years, and they're awesome. Um, I like a, a comedy podcast called Comedy Bang Bang, which I, I,
0: I love that podcast. Oh, yes. <laughs>
1: um,
0: that one's great. That one's all improv, sketch, character, comedy, and some of it is absolutely brilliant. Yeah,
1: it's Sometimes it's so funny. Um, and then I like there's a soccer podcast I, I listen to called Football Weekly from The Guardian. That, that's really good.
0: Interesting, interesting. I listen to a lot of my friends podcasts, the Back Table Podcast, Back Table Comedy Podcast. Um couple of absolute assholes, but you know, they they can fill an hour of your time. Um Bible Beaters, another Kelowna-based podcast. I listen to uh Alex Friedman or Sam Harris's podcast when I want to, you know, feel less (laughs) dumb. Um and I listen to Tim Dillon. I've been getting into him a little <laughs> nice. bit lately. He's a very much of a, an acquired <laughs> taste. I've found from trying to show He's him. To very, I, I like Tim Dillon. He's funny. Um, yeah, and then there's always the Bill Burr Monday Morning Podcast, which is you know it's just a if you're a fan of Bill Burr, you're gonna like it. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's so many podcasts out there now. There's another you mentioned that movie review one. There's one I used to listen to called "How Did This Get Made?" and they review horrific, like really bad oh. movies. And uh, <laughs> that's one of the most interesting one of the there was this podcast I was listening to for a while. I forget what the name of it was, but all it was was these two guys. Every single week, they would watch grown ups. Oh two, my god, the Adam Sandler no. movie, and they watched it like. I think they watched it like over a hundred times week after Jesus. week. And like, I didn't watch I didn't listen to the whole, every episode, obviously I, I listened to the first two or three and they're like, you know, God, this movie sucks. This movie the worst. And then I skipped ahead to like movie, like to episode like 45 or something where they had watched it 45 times. And they're, they're like finding all like what they thought were these like genius subtexts <laughs> and like, metaphors and they were like picking apart every sentence and like they would they would fluctuate from fucking hating the movie more than anything in life to thinking it's actually like one of the best pieces of film ever made wow. like it was interesting wow. but yeah that's uh that's a few podcasts. I'm trying to think of anything else off the top of my head um uh the, I yeah. yeah yeah nah yeah, yeah nah yeah. uh, my mindscaped is good so thanks for the email um josephine uh, and anyone else who wants to write in you can uh, write into tps podcast 420 at gmail.com with all your questions concerns comments insults long-form poetry monetary donations custom art pieces uh unwanted children unwanted pets unwanted parents and uh anything you've quilted
1: we have to accept all this stuff?
0: No, but that's oh, okay. what they can send it to. <laughs> uh, anything else to add there, Sam?
1: Um, I don't think so. No, no, I'm good. Yep,
0: I'm good. <laughs> all right, well, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.